the Pro Football Jokes Podcast, round two of our playoff edition podcast. Um, I know everybody here is excited for playoff time, uh, done with fantasy, into real life football where the stakes are high, and uh, I know you're excited about it, Pep, right? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it, and uh, I'm excited to talk about some of these head coaching vacancies as well. Uh, just quickly want to give a shout out to whoever at Zencaster is uh, monitoring our podcasts and giving us technical difficulties week after week. Thank you so much, but you can never stop the grind and hating the PFJ takes. Anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I, uh, I'm paying for the service. Um, I, I know, Jemp, you were the victim this week, uh, but you got it all sorted out. Uh, now you're ready to go. Uh, and give us some important takes. Yeah, absolutely. I just got to say, you know, I mean, Zencaster came out and did their best trying to stop us from doing what we wanted to do. But uh, I'm proud of our guys and the, the, the team here because we just kind of kept our heads on straight, kept uh, we, we know what we're about, we know what we can do, and uh, we weren't going to let them stop us. So I'm, I'm really proud of the way that we played today. That's good. All right, so why don't we get into some NFL action. Um, so – as we know, that regular season ended this week, uh, and with it, so did some people's jobs. Um, so, first coaching candidate uh, or coaching vacancy now um, I want to talk about is the Arizona Cardinals job. Uh, they Steve Wilkes won and done. Uh, do you guys think uh, this was a rash decision by the Cardinals, or do you think it was a what do you think it was warranted? I probably um, think it, it was um, due to the fact that they lost 13 of 16 games. Uh, probably contributed to that. But I, I really honestly think that they just were scared for the development of their uh, hopefully future quarterback. And so they, they figured that that was not the best position for him. And they decided to move on. Got to agree. Um, I think they just wanted to go a different route. We were talking about the Cardinals at the beginning of the season and how depleted that roster was. So I think... Uh, Steve Wilkes really just came in there and didn't have much to work with. So uh, now they're moving on to guys like maybe Adam Gase. Yeah, that'd be a such huge upgrade. Um, but uh, I, I, I think it's a little bit, it's always seems a little bit harsh when a coach, you give a coach one year, especially with a bum roster like the Cardinals had, they have the number one overall pick now. So it was nice uh, that he got him that. Um, but I think with the, the, there was, there was a lot of mismanagement, uh, both in game and with decisions, uh, just an overall game planning. Um, and I think his, his whole system didn't really work and he wasn't getting the most out of his players. And that's what led to his firing, um, to to prove the NFL is not a, not a place where, where you can just learn on the job. You got to kind of make some progress throughout the season. Um, the Cardinals yeah, you, you can't, that. you can't do worse than a division foe who lost their hundred million dollar quarterback a game into their two games into the season. So it doesn't bode well for you. True. Um, it, it, it is tough when you uh, have the worst record in the NFL. And I mean, I, I, I can't, I can't blame the Cardinals for, deciding they they need to make a change um 
and I think they they want to get a head start in getting some of these candidates. Uh, I don't know if they're any. But I'm wondering if you were. Well, maybe we'll hit on this in a little bit later. So forgive me, but just thinking about that that Arizona job is just what what. What what are, who's attracted to that? Who's like, man, I want to go to the Cardinals and turn Josh Rosen and the ghost of Larry Fitzgerald around. Yeah, it's it's not it's certainly not a great uh you know place to that I would want to coach. Definitely wouldn't be my first choice of all these coaching vacancies, but I also don't think it's the worst choice. I'd rather go somewhere where you kinda the you have low expectations and you can, the thing is that they can, you can kind of rebuild from however you want to on that team. And they do have some talented players. I mean, like Chandler Jones, Patrick Peterson, um, you throw in you're, you, you, ab- if you're able to add some young talent um, next year to the draft and whatever um, you, you got who you think will be your franchise quarterback, even if uh, he didn't quite, play like it this year um <laughs> yeah so, i'm sure I mean, cleveland's still regretting their pick of baker mayfield yeah Rosen really showed him the, the one thing you do get is that you didn't pick this guy so if you show up and josh rosen isn't good you might still have another bite at the apple and get a chance to draft another quarterback saying you know hey this wasn't my guy i just kind of inherited him um and you know yeah. maybe yeah i know it's just tough. i was just thinking about that and again we'll, we'll probably compare some of the teams when we get to some of the other vacancies but uh, i do want to just clarify one statement i said ghost of larry fitzgerald not because he's not a serviceable football player i said ghost because i expect him to no longer be there yeah um i i don't know he, i think he still got to he loves football i think he likes that town it's it's possible he could stay um, yeah, I think I, you might pl- like playing for New England for two years before calling it quits. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. I mean, if the Patriots aren't done, but uh, we'll we'll save that for another time since the Patriots aren't playing this weekend. Um, all right, why don't we move on to another coaching vacancy? Uh, another guy who might have uh, the team might have moved on from too quickly. Um, Marvin Lewis fired uh, from the Bengals. <laughs> uh, yeah, I you mean, think he was given a fair shot, Pearson? He, he was given a really short leash of sixteen years, <laughs> and uh, it, it was just Hugh Jackson's time. You know, they they interviewed Hugh Jackson today, and unfortunately, Reed the intern can't be here to talk about that <laughs> job. But uh, you know, sixteen years uh, had some had some postseason appearances. Maybe they didn't translate to wins, but uh, he, he definitely left a lasting legacy with the Bengals. Yeah, he did. Uh, I mean, I know we'll, we'll always remember Marvin Lewis as a joke, um, but he did have some good years there in Cincinnati. Did really? I mean, he turned the team around because, I mean, they were so bad for so long before, before Marvin Lewis got there. Um, and now they're just – you know, since he's been there, they've just been mediocre instead. So he uh, he really uh, helped that team at least make a make the playoffs a bunch of times. Yeah, no, it's it's just interesting. They were never able to get over that that hump there, the playoff win. But yeah, I mean, he brought them back to relevance here and there. That people talk about the Bengals, they're not quite the same style laughing stock. They'll be the laughing stock if they do hire Hugh, which would be just incredible. 
<laughs> Incredibly awful. I mean, it's going to be a field day here at Pro Football Jokes if that happens. I mean, we might have too much content for everybody, but <laughs> just the Browns almost made the playoffs after firing Hugh Jackson. And then he's going to yeah, go get a job I mean, with the division yeah. rival. I mean, the one thing I will say about Hugh Jackson, it's he's he's kind of a, a cheat code if you want to get the number one overall pick, you know? Like, the 76ers had to do a lot of work to try to tank in the NBA. Like, if you're in the NFL, all you have to do to tank is just hire Hugh Jackson. Get the number <laughs> one overall pick. Yeah, and I, I think we're in a great transition point to the Browns. We can talk about Hugh Jackson's legacy of how he finally snapped his own losing streak by tying. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, he did some great things for the Browns, but the Browns head coaching vacancy is also an interesting one. Uh, Alex and I were talking about uh, Greg Williams and, and the job he's done. Uh, I believe he's five and three since he took over. Um but uh, he made some questionable calls on Sunday um, that might have cost them the game. Yeah, he was probably thinking about his other job offers at that time, got a little confused in the game, but that, <laughs> that happens. I mean, when you're in such high demand. Uh, <clears throat> but, I, yeah, I, I didn't get to firsthand experience some of the mistakes he was making there on the field, but I, just over on his overall record and the, the attitude this Browns team has had since he's taken over – it's just tough to contribute. What is just Hughes gone and they can actually like play football and what's the current coaching staff, but he's given himself a chance, real chance to be the head coach going forward. Yeah, I think he definitely has a shot at it. I mean, Greg, I mean, Greg Williams did it, did a great job and he, I mean, they're going to interview him. They're going to interview Freddie kitchens as well. Uh, I know people have been uh, pretty happy with what he's done with the offense. Um, I don't, would be surprised if he ends up being the head coach. Um, but still, uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, I know Bruce Arians is obviously a name that, you know, wants, has said he wants to be the head coach. Uh, I, I don't think he's had an interview yet, but um, still, I mean, they're, That'd the be Browns cool. job to me is definitely the, the, the job I would want the most out of all these openings. Absolutely. Um, they also are looking to interview Mike McCarthy as well, I believe. Yeah, I, I, I did see that. Um, Mike McCarthy, uh, I, I mean, I, I would be surprised if Mike McCarthy doesn't get uh, one of these head coaching jobs uh, next year. Um, but the Browns, I feel like they can have their pick of the litter. Uh, so I, 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 if I were them, I, I, I would kind of like Bruce Arians. Uh I think he's. I think he had a Freddie Kitchens worked under him uh, somewhere else. So I think uh, that that would be a nice pairing if they were able to keep Freddie Kitchens under Bruce, Bruce Arians. Um, but uh, they also have. I mean, again, that they could maybe get Lincoln Riley to reunite with Baker Mayfield. That'd be interesting. I mean, Lincoln um, Riley did he not just sign an extension? Where he's at. Yeah, I think he did. Um, but, uh, I mean, he could still always go to the NFL. I, it looks like he's probably going to stay in college, but we'll, we'll see. He'll, you definitely uh, do not want him to bring that defense to the NFL. That'd be tough to win football. <laughs> That's true, but uh, I, I mean, I think the way the league's going, you you want that offensive innovator as your head coach and – 
Um, I mean, if you can get somebody else to take care of the defense, maybe keep Greg Williams as your defensive coordinator. I, I don't see that happening under a different head coach, but who knows? Yeah, it'll just be impossible with all the job offers Greg Williams is getting. <laughs> so, uh, but he turned them all down to be the Browns events coordinator last year, so yep. who knows? Anyway, why don't we move on to another coach that was fired recently? Um, how about Vance Joseph fired as coach of the Broncos? He had got they gave him two years, um, not quite as long as Marvin Lewis, um, but uh, he's he he didn't really he the team clearly took a step back these past couple years uh, had their first back to back losing seasons in like. 45 years or something. Um, so that wasn't great. Um, a little unfair when, you know, you lose Peyton Manning and you're stuck with Trevor Simeon and then uh, Case Keenum as your quarterbacks. But what, what, what do you guys think of this? How, what, how attractive do you think this job is? I definitely think it's an attractive place. You always have Denver's defense, even though it hasn't, been as good this year. Uh, I believe Chuck Pagano just interviewed for that job. Um, Case Keenum isn't terrible, and they've got him on a pretty short deal. I think next year will be his last year on the deal. Um, I mean, they'll have a good, pretty good spot in the draft, and uh, they can have a good offseason and get one of these candidates. I, I think they can turn it around. Yeah, I yeah, mean, I'm when a, you have young talent like Tim Patrick and uh, on your team, uh, how can you how can you say no? It's great receivers: Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, Emmanuel Sanders, Deshaun Hamilton. Yeah, but Daniel, I mean, what were you gonna say? I was just gonna say I actually don't think it's as attractive as a job. Just uh, the defense is got some players, but it's definitely not what it was, and I think it's trending downward. And then also, you look at. I mean, Lindsey, it's fun to have him and stuff, but on the offensive end, I mean, the injuries stacked up, and are those players going to be able to come back? Like, I just, uh, I, I'm not seeing all the appeal. I'm seeing a lot of middling sort of time. Plus, you got to compete with the Chargers and the Chiefs in that division. Plus, you know, the Oakland Raiders, the Raiders might win five games next year. So, watch <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah, watch out. So, yeah, I mean, I. Raiders. I'm with Pep. I think it's a, one of the more attractive jobs. I mean, obviously, it's not like, wow, I really want to go to the Broncos. Like, I, I think it's probably of the teams, uh, you know, you could go to. I'd probably take it third over behind the Browns and Packers. Um, well, I'll, know, I'll just say this to the, the Denver higher-ups listening to this. Feel free to not reach out to interview me, but if you want to go for Alex or Pep, I think they'll be willing to interview for it. Well, I mean, I, I'm holding out for the Browns job, but that's whatever. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they got to – they're clearly I, – I think you're still a couple years away, but I think – you're probably not going one and done. Not a lot of coaches go one and done, although Steve Wilkes just did. Um, so you probably got some years to rebuild. You got some talent on defense. Bradley just got Bradley Chubb. Von Miller still got plenty of good years left. Um, so that's the the crux of that defense. And then 
on offense, you still got some young guys who can develop. Bill Lindsay, uh, Royce Freeman, Sutton, Hamilton, even Tim Patrick. I, I think uh, you you probably got to get a new quarterback. I don't think Case Keenum is a long term answer, but I don't know. Yeah, they just I, trade. They just trade for Carson once. If they do that, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Our, our sign Nick Foles. I mean, that's how you. <laughs> How you win a Super Bowl right there, apparently. Oh, please. <laughs> um, all right. Um, well, another job that I think uh, is kind of interesting, uh, how about the Bucks job? Um, that's the other job I was considering for the for that third most... Uh, Appealing. Third most attractive job. Uh, Dirk Cotter out, uh, surprisingly. Surprise firing there. Um, what what do you guys think of this job? I, I don't feel like it's that attractive, um, and I it I think it's because of just the uncertainty surrounding Jameis Winston, um, and that defense isn't isn't too great. Uh, the offense certainly has potential, but uh, you're looking at a potential quarterback problem if uh, whoever comes in doesn't want to hold on to Jameis. Um, it's, it seemed like they made a pretty clear statement um, that whoever comes in will have to accept Jameis as their quarterback as they picked up the option for him for this next year. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you can't draft somebody else too. I I think you know you got you Jameis one year um, to either you know show that he could possibly still be a franchise quarterback. I somehow doubt that. Um, but even if he's not, then he can be your bridge guy to the to the next uh, whoever you can draft. Uh, they're really, you know, they're with all the teams in the league. It's probably the fewest teams that need quarterback this offseason. I mean, there there aren't really that many teams considering you know there were five first round quarterbacks last year, and they're all uh, they're all at least still working. They they worked out so far in, in terms of the teams that. No way any of the teams would give up on them yet. Um, so I I think uh, the league is as stacked with quarterbacks as it's ever been. Um, you know, some some quarterbacks will be in free agency: Teddy Bridgewater, probably Nick Foles, um, Joe Flacco. So we'll see um, what quarterbacks, uh, what teams are looking to draft quarterbacks i think there'll still be a few certainly a lot of these teams will um but the the talent on offense i think is the most attractive thing from this job number one offense in the league yeah i mean they got some players some excitement there but uh uh yeah that james thing is very tricky to figure out exactly who they want but uh I think Cutter is going to go somewhere. I mean, if he wants to take a step back and maybe not be a head coach, be like a coordinator again, go be an offensive coordinator for, say, like the Detroit Lions, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely think that that'll probably happen. Um, and then we inf- interviewed for the Falcons job. Um, I, I, I could definitely see that. I uh, worked under uh, – worked for the Falcons since their offensive coordinator before. He was the coach of the Bucks, so – Definitely see him returning there. Um, 
but you know, maybe maybe go to the, the Lions. I don't know if that's. I mean, were were you in support of the Jim Bob Cooter firing, Jim? Uh, the the weirdest part of it was just kind of how uh, Matt Patricia talked about how like he oversaw all the offense and stuff, and it seemed like he was a cause for a lot of the conservative play on offense. Um, and Jim Bob towards the end of the season there just almost in desperation, try to be a little bit more creative. And some of it was kind of fun, but ultimately did not really result in a ton of points. And yes, the end of the season we've lost. I mean, five years ago, we basically had like three tight ends all drafted in the first round. Now we have no name guys fill in that <laughs> position. We trade away our number one receiver and number two receiver went down. Uh, our offensive line was had a, a lot of capital invested into it and hasn't been playing up to where it should be. Uh, it's not bad. It's been better than it has been before, but it's definitely not great, especially in pass protection. Uh, and then our, our new running back who's doing great carry on got hurt. So I uh, had a lot of things against him <laughs> in terms of not putting points on the board. But uh, even when we are at full strength, the reason why we traded Tate and other things is just, we didn't feel like we could compete this year. And, and honestly, our defense started getting its stuff together and our offense was doing a better job of controlling the ball and getting a couple first downs. And, but Controlling the game is only part of it. You need to be able to put up enough points on the board uh, to win the game. I mean, as our good friend and, and wise uh, football mind, Nathan Robbie once says, I mean, the goal is to score more points than the opposing team. So uh, we did not do that, and I'm actually all right. Uh, I hope Jim Bob gets another good chance. He did a few things with Matthew Stafford cleaning up uh, his interceptions and, and uh, pass uh, completion percentage, but uh, – Hopefully somebody that wants to put up 24 points plus on the regular would be great. Yeah, I think uh, the the main thing was the fact that Matthew Stafford kind of took a step back this year. Uh, that's kind of what led to the Jim Bob Cooter firing. The first uh, game when, I, I mean, I, I was on this Matthew Stafford's having a weird season from the first game. I think about his fourth interception in the first game. I was like, something's wrong. <laughs> yeah, that it's not great when you throw your fourth interception in the first game. Um, still, uh, I, I don't know. I think uh, it's a little unfair when you, you did mention all the injuries with that offense and trading away. They, they, they really lacked playmakers by the end of the year. Um, and there were a couple reports that said it was a mutual breakup yeah. between the two. I, I think Jim Bob yep. did not love the marriage with Matt Patricia. Uh, yeah. And Matt Patricia wants – one of his own dudes or something in there. So he's our coach. Uh, I think he started to do some decent things on the, on the defe- defensive end. He had some questionable in game things, some conservative measures where really ticked me off. And, uh, but, uh, we got some pieces. I think we're actually set up to retool pretty well and be competitive in the, in the North, but, uh, definitely how well our offense plays is majority of, <laughs> uh, our chances next year are tied up in that. True. That, that, that is, that is a good point that, you know, Matt Patricia, uh, that that was kind of a one of the contingencies of Matt Patricia being hired was that he kept Jim Bob Cooter. Um, so I mean, it wasn't really something where they, you know, really wanted to work together or anything. I, I don't know that either of them were opposed to it, but maybe it just didn't work out once they once they actually got into it. Anyway, um, talk enough about the line since they did not fire their head coach. Um, so why don't we talk about uh, the Jets? 
Um, I think this is an interesting opening um, because they actually do not need a new quarterback because uh, Sam Darnold started to look pretty good towards the end of the year, not in that week 17 game, but um, (laughs) prior to that, he was looking pretty good. Uh, Had some good moments, had some bad moments, but certainly, uh, you know, they're sticking with him as their QB of the future. Um, So how attractive do you think this job is? I got to be honest. I I don't know if that job's attractive at all. I I just couldn't imagine wanting to go to the AFC East. Could be the time. The Patriots, you know, who knows how long, much longer Tom Brady's going to play. I mean, you have this young QB. You got this young QB, and then you have uncertainty in running backs and receivers, unless your name is Robbie Anderson. Uh, the defense has two promising safeties, um, but there, there's a lot to lot to go get still and make this team more competitive. You're right, but when you have the most important uh, hole filled, you know it's not. You can go find some, you know, other pieces in the draft and free agency, um, and I, I think it's you know having that quarterback that you can work with. I think. That's a big factor for any coach looking for a job. Jim, what do you think of Sam Darnold? I know he torched your Lions in week one. so Yeah, I think everybody was throwing him in an MVP race after week one. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I do got to give him credit for the fact that, I mean, he started off all right. Everybody was kind of thinking like, oh, good pick. And then he kind of had some struggles there. But he resilience – on a, on a bad team. Didn't really translate much into wins, which will probably help them in the future. But, um, yeah, the Jets the Jets job, eh, like, save your Sam, you know. Uh, but I'm kind of with Pearson. It's just kind of a, a lot of unknowns. And somebody with a lot of confidence who really believes in this uh, quarterback can really build him up. Um, and New York's pretty much always had a – not that they played – great this year but they always kind of a toughness to their defense i think that can be turned around and and but it really is kind of connecting it and going in there and being able to shape the team and hopefully it's somebody that really aligns with the general manager and the direction and the in the places they need to kind of hit on uh it's kind of an important off season for them to set themselves up for you i mean obviously it's not the year for them to make the leap uh but this is the one that will enable them in two three years to be a competitive football team yeah, I've, they do lack talent in a lot of places, um, but it is a, a town that'll probably be somewhat patient as long as you know you show that you're making some progress, which shouldn't be that hard. Seeing what you're starting from this past year, I mean there there were times when the Jets looked like the worst team in the league. Um, certainly times when they looked competent, like they could you know compete. They, compete with anyone but uh for the most part they it, it was not a great season not a great run under Todd Bowles at all um so I think you know you have some time just try to get Sam Darnold on track show have him show some consistency I mean he still remember he was like the youngest quarterback to start uh in week one you know since I don't remember a long time <laughs> but um, that's a pro football jokes analysis for you guys there yeah, I mean he's he's 21 years old. Like, gotta gotta give him some time to develop. Um, if you're gonna give anyone time to develop. Um, anyway, another coaching job 
in the AFC East, uh, Miami Dolphins, Adam Gase fired. Um, he was, he's gotten some interviews other places. Um, but he really was the, he really tried to copy Jeff Fisher there. Um, just keep going seven and nine. Um, so what do you think of this job? Cause, uh, to me, this is the worst of all the coaching openings, to be honest. Yeah, it's it's weird. They they were two different teams this year. Home six and two, pretty tough to play in Miami. They always played well, and, and then they go on the road there one and seven. And so at the beginning of the year, this is kind of what we had all been talking about with Miami: is we really thought they were bad. We couldn't see why they were g- going to be good, but we figured they could get up to seven and nine if they. Didn't. So this was kind of like high end projections for their team for this year, and they met that. And yet he still got fired, uh, but it really has to go with that that road record and just consistently staying at this middling level and not making any noise. Uh, and so I, I think it was the right thing to do, but yeah, it's a tough. You got a lot of medium talent kind of on, on that team here and there. Nothing eye catching at all, and to try and get them to be a serviceable football club is going to be a big job. Forever's feeling to. They want to go to the the warmth there in Miami. Yeah, and you have to weather that Ryan Tannehill storm, and you know, it's just that's that's just going to be an ugly scene as that that plays out, in my opinion. Um, you got a loaded QB room with Brock Lobster and Ryan Tannehill. Um, Kenyon Drake has played better than I thought he would this year. Um, I just think you know they're. The Dolphins have reached their ceiling, and they got to add more. They got to add more receivers. Uh, maybe look into a quarterback, uh, tight end situation. Definitely that offense. Yeah, I mean the, the we can say you know the Dolphins had it you know on their high end point or high end uh, you know projection, but their their point differential was second worst in the NFL. Um, so, I mean, they, they really were not a good team. Their record, uh, you know, is, is generous to what they actually were. Um, and one of the, I mean, I think we talked about it all through the off seasons, how they're, they really don't have a lot of young talent that they can build around. Uh, and the worst part about the job to me is that the, the Ryan Tannehill situation is you, what do you do? Do you replace him? Do you, or do you keep rolling with Ryan Tannehill? I think you got to replace him at least at some point in your coaching tenure. But then if you replace him and the, your quarterback you replace him with ends up not being as good, which is completely possible because it's not like Ryan Tannehill's terrible. He's just nothing special. And then it's like, what have you done? You just downgraded the, the quarterback position and everybody's going to flame you for it. Yeah, completely agree. I mean, you, the, what if the Dolphins replaced Ryan Tannehill with Joe Flacco and you get the same <laughs> result? You know, that that's a coach killer job, you know? Uh, so I, I I have to agree with you. I just don't – I wouldn't be a fan of this vacancy. I'd take the Jets over it, even though, you know, i just not a fan of those AFC East vacancies. I'm surprised Sean McDermott still has his job, but uh, that might be a conversation for later. Yeah, and and Ryan Tannehill has a twenty-seven million dollar cap hit next year, by the way. So that's fun. 
Um, so yeah, all right. So those are all the the new coaching openings. Uh, obviously, the the Packers and the Browns uh, already fired their coaches. Any chance? Uh, obviously, we talked about Greg Williams. What do you guys think? Of, you think Joe Philbin keeps the uh, Packers job? <laughs> I think it's a zero percent chance. <laughs> well, uh, it was a good run you had there, Joe. Um, did some nice things. Um, I remember when you took over and the and you beat the Falcons and you were like, oh man, I'd really done some things. Uh and then yeah, it didn't didn't really work out very well after that. <laughs> <laughs> they came back against the Jets, so Yeah, they they did, and then they played a superior football club the next week and got their star quarterback hurt. So well yeah. done. Great coaching all around. Yep. Uh went out with the bang there, Joe. <laughs> Oh man, it made me so happy. 30, 31 to zero. I was like, "Screw our draft pick, take it to him." <laughs> so that's and the, the shutout. Yeah, two of our four wins, five wins, fan freaking fantastic. <laughs> six wins. I mean, six six nice. garbage wins. Beat the Patriots and the Packers twice, and we had the worst season we've had in four years. That's awesome. <laughs> yep, that's fun. Um. Well, I, you know, you ended up not not being as lost bad. the Bills uh, and the Jets. Do, do have any uh, have any regrets? Like you you fired your coach last year after going nine and seven, and you come out Nothing like six it. and ten. Oh, we lost the Bills and the Jets, but we beat the <laughs> Dolphins and the Patriots. So take that AFC East. Nice, um, interesting how that how that worked out. Um, all right, why don't we talk a little bit less about all this negative stuff, this coaches getting fired. You know, we all feel sorry for them. I know Reeb is mourning the loss of Marvin Lewis uh, in particular. Um, so why don't we talk about something a little more fun, uh, the playoff matchups coming this, oh, yeah. coming up this week, uh, wild card weekend. Uh, what, what, what do you guys think? Uh, what's your favorite matchup of the week? Uh, me personally, I, I like Texans Colts. Uh, the two times these teams have faced off, they have been really entertaining games. Um, and I went Colts in our pick'em uh, strictly because of T.Y. Hilton in his two games against the Texans this year. <laughs> he always kills uh, the Texans. He's he's gone thirteen receptions, three hundred fourteen yards um, <laughs> in two games. So. The Texans might need to do something to stop him because he always has a big game against them. And Andrew Luck's got to play out of his mind. But I just, I, I'm really looking forward to this matchup. Two great quarterbacks, uh, fun teams to watch. Uh, and one, one that I'm just praying the Bears take the Eagles down because I just can't handle, I can't handle these <laughs> Eagles fans on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> big blank Nick, uh, specifically. I just I can't do it, and the Bears can't put away Nick Foles and the Eagles by steamrolling them with Jordan Howard. <laughs> right, can I, 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 can I, I just well, I mean, if the, if the Bears do that, real quick, uh, T.Y. Oh. Hilton's splits against the Texans: uh, fourteen games, um, seventy-six catches, fourteen hundred and forty-five yards, nine touchdowns, <laughs> over a hundred yards <laughs> per game against the Texans in fourteen. Pretty good. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, now just going back Dude. real quick to the, the Philly Chicago game. I mean, Chicago is going to catch so much 
crap if they end up losing this game because they could have played the Vikings again this week and they chose the, they chose the, <laughs> the Eagles over them. But uh, looking at that Indy Houston game, that's just so exciting uh, to see how the Colts' offensive line can handle um, that Houston front. There is going to be key, uh, as well as honestly, it seems like teams forget to cover the best receiver on Houston <laughs> and the only receiver basically ra- left. So maybe cover the guy that can catch anything thrown to him. Uh, and I think Indy's got a pretty good advantage on this one. But Watson can make some magic happen, and Hopkins really is just a, a phenomenal talent. It's so much fun to watch him. So th- it's a great way to uh, kick off playoff football. The, this wildcard weekend is one of the best in terms of complete all four games are um, can't miss Yeah, TV. I agree. I think, you know, all these teams have a legitimate shot at, you know, making the Super Bowl, like, uh, which isn't usually true with Wildcat Weekend. Usually there's, you know, the Titans or the Bills like last year. When, like, uh, yeah, why are these seats here? We don't have the Bengals, but you know they're done. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I do enjoy the Titans Colts. Ryan Kelly will probably be back for the Colts. I uh, said he's going to play. Um, so that's big. Uh, they, they, they run the ball so much better once when he's in the lineup. Um, and Texans are a little banged up. I, I am a little worried about this one for the Texans. Um, I will be pulling for them because I love Deshaun Watson. I, I, I really like Andrew Luck as well. Um, but yeah, that'll be a fun one. I think the matchup I'm looking the most forward to though is the Ravens Chargers matchup. I think those that's really the two of the two of the best, most dangerous teams in the AFC right there. Uh, I know they just played a couple weeks ago, yeah. but. Yeah, I, I agree with this one. And just one last quick note on the, the, the Indy-Houston game is just Indianapolis has had such a bad start to the season that they've been playing basically playoff games and must-win games all year. And uh, they have all that advantage going into Houston, just all this kind of urgency to them. Uh, but, yeah, I agree with you. My, my game of the week here is the Chargers-Ravens. Uh, it's different where I think the Chargers love being on the road um, more than they do being at home. And – uh, you just got such a class, a high-powered offense against a great defense, a weird running attack and uh, for, for Baltimore. and uh, Lamar Jackson, can he actually pull off a playoff win this first season? Yeah, I, that, that will be the question. Maybe you got to bring in Joe Flacco for the playoffs because that's when he thrives. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's, that's when the elite QB comes out, but he'll be given – Given elite advice uh, to Lamar Jackson on the sideline, I believe. Um, yeah, I think you are right. This is an exciting one. Um, I just I'm, – I'm a little worried about the Chargers. I picked them. But yeah, I feel like this is – even though it's a road game, the Chargers could just come out and completely disappoint yeah, us. I, I'm actually with you, Pat. When I did my pick for this week, I too picked the Chargers. And I was the one I stared at the most because I picked them, I think, truly because I want them to win. Even though Baltimore has been fun and I like hardball and I like how they reinvented themselves and all things. Like, I'm not going to be too upset. But the Chargers, I really want to see uh, Phil Rivers get back into that AFC Championship game and, and, and really uh, have a chance at it. But this is such a tough start uh, for them in their playoff road. Yeah, it is not a very favorable matchup considering their their offensive line has kind of fallen off. It started it was playing somewhat better in the the beginning of the year, and then really has not played well. This and at, towards the end, um, and the Ravens can get after the quarterback as well as anybody. Um, it's a tough tough defensive matchup. Um, I, I think I think they can still their offense is good enough. But, you know, with uh, Melvin Gordon hopefully in there, um, uh, I, I think, you know, they can 
do a little bit more to to do something against this Ravens offense. I, I Ravens defense. I think uh, last time they they had a lot of close victories, and you know they they were bound to to lose one there eventually. I know they they kind of got stomped the whole game um, just physically. Um, but I, I, I don't think uh, it's an impossible matchup for the Chargers. I think that I, I, I'm probably going to go with the Chargers as well. Um, also, because I am a big Chargers fan, fan of Philip Rivers. Not not an actual Chargers fan, but you know what I mean. <laughs> and uh, I, I do love the one game we've just completely forgotten about, because I think we're all on the same page here, Seahawks-Cowboys. Uh, I just... I, I, I have a feeling the Seahawks are just going to come in there and just run right over the Cowboys, and it it won't even be close. I just think the Seahawks are going to steamroll them. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's even the, the Cowboys have been playing well, and they can control the ball. Zeke's excited to play, and maybe Cooper will show up in this one. Uh, but, yeah, I'm with you. I just have a feeling Seattle's hot. They're ready to go. they got all that experience. And uh, Danger Russ coming into town is – they're not afraid to play in Dallas. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the the Cowboys have played pretty well at home, um, and obviously the Seahawks, but don't play as well as they do at home and as they do on the road. Um, and I think these are two pretty similar teams. Both are good at running the ball, um, playing good defense. Um, they don't lean on their passing game quite as much. Obviously, uh, I, I mean, I think the Cowboys have the better defense, uh, but I think. The Seahawks clearly have the better quarterback, and that's what I would ride with. But Russ, in the end, Russell Wilson is going to beat Dak Prescott. Yeah, that that that's what I came down to. To you looking at the teams, and Zeke is a beast, uh, and probably Cooper is probably the best receiver in this. And if Dog Baldwin's banged up, and but uh, it's just Russell Wilson is so good. You can't get the guy on the ground, and he just knows what it takes to to win football games. It's it's maddening to watch if you're not rooting for him. Yeah, well, I will enjoy watching it against the Cowboys this week, so. It's a good won't, point. Won't be that mad. Um, uh, so, anyone, uh, so about the, back to the Bears-Eagles uh, game. Uh, talked a little bit about it. About it. Um, I know, Pearson, you want the, the Eagles to finally get what's coming to them. Um, but, do you guys think uh, Nick Foles can can pull out another win against the Bears here? I actually, I, I do think the Vikings were a better matchup for the Bears than the the Eagles are. The Eagles kind of have their mojo going, but the Bears definitely have the advantage of this. I mean, they play so well at home. Their defense is just. I I really believe their defense is going to carry them in in this game as they've done all season. Uh, and just get Nick Foles on the ground and not give up the big play that Nick Foles seems to find two or three times a game. Uh, they'll keep it in front of them, and uh, it, it's going to be tough for, for Philly to get going. But uh, the bigger question for me is, what can the Bears' offense do? Is Trubisky going to be able to handle that rush? If, if he starts turning the ball over and giving short field to Philly, then unfortunately Pep might have to deal with some more annoying Twitter fans. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I know they were playing against a Redskins team that just completely <laughs> gave up. And the Redskins defense is no no Bears defense. But Nick Foles was spreading it around to all those guys, and he got 25 straight completions. I mean, when this offense is good, this offense is good. I have to hand it to the Eagles. 
and the defense is playing out of their mind compared to what we saw in the first half of the season. So I, I am a little concerned uh, about how this Bears offense might have to respond. Uh, might rely in the hands of Mitch Trubisky, but I'd imagine the Bears come out and just they've rediscovered Jordan Howard in the past few weeks. They need to just pound the ball and take time off the clock. Yeah, I'm with you. I, th- I think the Bears should take this game. Uh, do you think they're you know one of the, I still think they're one of those dangerous teams in the NFL. They obviously I think they clearly have the best defense. Um, so I mean they 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 should win this game pretty handily. Um, obviously the the question is you know how will Mitch Risky play if he has a good game, then I think they got this easy. Um, if he has one of his bad games, then uh, things get a little more dicey, especially if Nick Foles can just not, not even like light up the Bears defense. I don't think there's much chance of that. But if he can just not turn the ball over, you know, do what he's been doing, make the easy passes, uh, quick reads, um, and maybe make one or two big plays, then uh, Eagles have a chance. Um, but I do think this is a completely different situation than last year. Obviously, the Last year, the Eagles were the best team in the NFL, and Nick Foles came in and played well in the last two games of the season. Um, but other than that, he played – he did not play well. So, I mean, I think we're kind of due for a Nick Foles bad game here um, pretty soon. So, I, I I wouldn't be too worried about the Eagles, you know, making another Super Bowl run. You guys disagree? I think we are all in agreement. All right. Well, if you if you guys agree with that, how about who, who the, who's playing this weekend that you think is most likely to to make it make a Super Bowl run, make make it to the Super Bowl at least? Most likely in here to make Super Bowl, uh, it just would. Uh, man, I, the Colts have been so hot. I want to I want to actually play the Colts, uh, and it's just tough. Houston's too banged up. I think, you know, desperately want to believe in the Chargers. This is just weird. It's it, like you mentioned there, all, all these teams, I can see the roadmap for how they would make just a, a run to remember. Uh, but I actually, I, I am going with the Bears. Like you said, they just have a championship defense uh, that should keep them in any game, regardless. Uh, so they're always going to have a chance to win because of that. I think they're actually well coached and. Uh, we'll see as they get those two good running backs uh, going, especially as Howard is actually playing football again. They realize, oh, man, this guy uh, falls forward every single time. Uh, they'll control the clock. And so, I mean, I, w- I would not be surprised by the Bears making that run. Yeah, I don't think I got to I got to stick with the Seahawks, man. I, I, I just feel like whoever can get past the Rams or the Saints to get to the Super Bowl on that NFC side, I, I, I'm sticking with my Seahawks pick. Yeah, I, I like I like both of those picks. I think uh, they're two of the most dangerous teams in the NFL. But uh, I'm I'm gonna go with the Chargers. I, and the reason isn't just because you know I love Philip Rivers and stuff. It's because the Chargers are the only team of all these teams that's better on the road than they are at home. <laughs> and if if any of these teams are gonna make the Super Bowl, they're gonna have to win a couple road games at least. Um, so I th- that's why I would go with the Chargers, uh, and I think they're obviously one of the most talented teams uh, in the NFL as well. So uh, that's why, I'd, and I, I think the AFC is probably a little bit easier of a path um, than the NFC. So yeah, a lot of good Chargers. football, a lot of good teams. 
yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, all right, so why, why don't we end off this podcast with our overreaction segment? Um, Jim, you got, got, got an overreaction for us? Yeah, I'm going to overreact, and this is uh, one that's very personal, close to home, as it, it's for the team that I root for and the coach that uh, champions our, our team. And um, I got to say, uh, my overreaction is Matt Patricia, a little bit of a hypocrite. Uh, apparently, as he uh, demands reporters' respect and timeliness and uh, posture, uh, he unfortunately um, has lost some re- respect in the locker room because he himself is not always timely and respectful in those ways. So I'm uh, overreacting to that, and uh, hopefully he learns some respect in, uh, in this offseason. Yeah, he can't keep forgetting where his pencils are. He's got to be ready for those team meetings, and he – he should show up on time. Completely agree with you. <laughs> um, I'm going to take my overreaction into the same division. And I I do appreciate the guy and what he did for Washington. But I think Kirk Cousins has reached his peak in Minnesota. I think that's as well as he will play. I hope he keeps his head out of the news because uh, I'm sure the hometown news isn't going to be too nice to him this offseason you know, with the guaranteed contract and everything and missing the playoffs, this team that we thought so highly of. Um, there were just some games where Kirk didn't play quite quite as well as he needed to. He, I, I know this team relied on him way, way heavier than most teams rely on their quarterbacks. But, uh, yeah, I just I, – I think this is his peak. Yeah, one thing on that, I, obviously I do not like that overreaction at all. Um, but <laughs> but uh, I – the the one thing I mean, people are going to criticize. Obviously, you know, I didn't just stick with Case Keenum. The the team was working with him last year. They went to the NFC Championship uh, with him. But I mean, then you're basically doing what the Jaguars did. I mean, the the Jaguars were like, oh, we went to the AFC Championship last year with Blake Bortles. So why not just keep him around? Um, so I mean, that didn't really work out for them either. I mean, sometimes things just change, and you can't just expect to just be the same team and still get to the same place gotta gotta keep uh making changes and you know obviously didn't didn't work out for the vikings this year but i don't think you can criticize the move of paying her cousin especially since i mean teams are paying paying all their quarterbacks plenty of money i mean i know that the reason kirk's contract gets so so criticized because it was the fully guaranteed uh but i mean the only reason that matters is if you want to get out of the contract and i don't you don't see the the Falcons trying to get out of their contract with Matt Ryan or the Lions trying to get out of their contract with Matthew Stafford. I mean, those teams are paying their quarterbacks similar amounts of money. There's something I got to say real quick uh, about this. I heard this stat, so I didn't have time to uh, double check it, but I heard that the top six paid quarterbacks in the NFL all missed the playoffs. Uh, let's see. It'd be wow. Stafford. Uh, Ryan Rogers, Garoppolo, Garoppolo. Ryan Rogers, Kirk Cousins, and Derek Carr. I think. Yeah, all all missed playoffs. <laughs> so yeah. So maybe get an all time great like Tom Brady and have him take less money, and you can build a consistent playoff team. <laughs> yeah, that's all you need. Just have the greatest yeah. all time quarterback of all time, and have him not take a lot of money. But I got soon from the Blake Bortles facts Twitter. Blake Bortles has never missed the playoffs and been a top six paid quarterback. (laughs) It's been close. Well, uh, 
Congratulations to Blake Worlds. All right, my overreaction co- actually comes courtesy of our friend Screw. Um, so uh, he wanted me to give this overreaction on his behalf uh, that Juju is a better receiver than Antonio Brown because he had more receiving yards, um, didn't have more t- more receptions, um, and of course, you know, he actually showed up to play when the Steelers had their season on the line. So uh, that's what makes yeah, him a better receiver. forget the ball, but we're going to forget about that. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe he fumbled away their actual <laughs> playoff chances, but, you know, uh, that that's not as important. But uh, he, he's not yeah, actually traded, so. Nobody loses a bike better than Juju Smith-Schuster. Antonio Brown can't match it, so good overreaction, Drew. I agree with yeah. you. Um, so, uh, I, I, I thought that was a good overreaction. Um, so I think, uh, that, that pretty much ends the show for, for today. Uh, you guys got any closing thoughts? Excited for the, the playoffs? Yeah, I'll be a lot more excited. The Lions made a run, uh, but they forgot about that in week one. So that's okay. And, uh, yeah, it's gonna be some really good play football. Uh, I just got to say it was a, a fun fantasy season, uh, good time competing with Pep. Unfortunately, we're un- unable to watch the games together. Uh, but uh, I look forward to being watch being able to watch football with you guys again soon, even if that's still not till uh, uh, next season. Uh, and then, um, oh, man, I was going to say, but hopefully everybody had a Merry Christmas and a happy uh, 2019. <laughs> yeah, Happy New Year to all our fans out there. Uh, and surprisingly, none of our teams made the playoffs uh, again this year. Um, surprising. Uh, didn't expect that from the Pro Football Jokes crew. Um, but anyway, for uh, Pep the Chep, Jemp3220, and I'm your host, Hey uh, Axe. Uh, we'll see you next time.